it's been really cool to see based on what my kids need and need and what their interests are and be able to create things that line up with that. And the standards are all in there somewhere, you know, they're packed in there. The kids are learning all the things, but I'm not just so boxed into a curriculum. I'm not so boxed into the standards completely, Mm -hmm. Um, but they're learning and they're growing and they're taking something that's real world and they're touching it with their hands and they're investigating it and they are trying it out and experimenting and um, they go home and I hear how they're catapulting sticks from their backyard and things like that. So being able to create for the kids what they need, what interests them and not necessarily being held tight to the standards or what administration wants to see in this and that, but knowing that the kids are learning and growing and their experimenting has been incredible. Welcome teacher to the Let Your Light Shine podcast. If you're searching for the freedom and permission to design the life you love as a teacher, you're in the right place. I'm on a mission to help teachers just like you build their own dream school or homeschooling business. In this present day, the world needs you, teacher friend, to step out in faith and give students an education they love and so deserve. In this podcast, I will teach you how to start a fulfilling and profitable homeschooling business that lights you up. I'm Mackenzie Oliver, former elementary teacher and instructional coach, gone homeschool teacher and business builder. I'm here to empower you to step outside the classroom and choose the experiences, the curriculum, and all the moments that put a smile on your face and your students. Does it seem like a dream? Well, it did to me until God opened the doors and made it reality. Together, we are breaking through fears and moving the crowd. So get out your notebook, sharpen your pencil. It's time to get your teach on. Hello, Teacher Let Your Light Shine family. We are so happy you're joining us today for a very special interview with Mrs. Becky McNichols. She is a part of our Facebook group. She has been with us for quite some time. She has been a part of our educational marketing series, which she's going to be speaking about in this episode, which was a program that we ran last year as she was starting her micro school. Now, we no longer have that program available, but you are in for a treat because we will be launching a Shine On Teacher Mastermind come this summer of 2023. We are so happy to have each and every one of you join our community, join our program, learning all of the ins and outs of how to build your micro school, learning all of the components of how to build your micro school. And if you've already have a micro school, you will be learning how to hire, scale, grow, relocate, and duplicate in that instance. We are also going to be welcoming many people who are starting their homeschooling business, whether or not you're ready for a micro school or a tutoring business. So make sure that you have subscribed to our email list. You can find that below the link to our website. You can download all of the free resources, be a part of our email list. Make sure you join our Facebook group, which is Teacher Let Your Light Shine Micro School Community, as we will be announcing the big launch so that you are not only getting educated and getting real rich professional development along with videos and coaching, but also a community that's going to help you cheer you on, encourage you, and keep you motivated in order for you to actually fulfill this dream of yours. So again, you can go to www.teachersletyourlightshine.com. Join our email list because you don't want to miss what's coming up. As you're listening to today's episode with Becky, you're going to be hearing about the decade of her teaching and how she's taught in other countries. She's a Teachers Pay Teachers 
wonderful creator. She also has her own children in her micro school. She left public school teaching last year. She's going to share her journey with you. She's going to be talking about how school can be different and how there's endless possibility in the way that you teach with creativity. You're no longer boxed in. You're going to hear her journey of starting out of her basement and utilizing the property that she lives on to cultivate a really incredible opportunity for her students. She also shares her wonderful testimony of her husband supporting her. And we are so excited to be able to share this as a dose of inspiration. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. Hello, Becky. I am so excited to have you on the podcast. It has been a long time coming because I have known you for several months. I feel very close to you and you are in our Facebook community and you do such a great job pouring in and asking great questions. Please take a moment and share more about yourself, where you're from, because I know that people are going to be very, very inspired by the stories that we're going to get into in just a minute. Thank you, Mackenzie. I'm so excited to be here with you and so excited to chat um, about my experience and everything that I've been growing through along the way. So um, I'm happy to be here with you. Um, my name is Becky and I currently live in Kansas. Um, I am a wife. I have two children. I've been a teacher for 14, 15, 16 years, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have just this year started my micro school, which has been really exciting. Um, and like a whole new venture for me. So that's been really cool. I remember when you came into the Facebook group with a vengeance and you posted <laughs> in the Facebook group. So excited. I, with like five exclamation points, I just got my business bundle. Where's everybody from? Yes, <laughs> that so is so cute. Funny. Yeah. Like, well, hi Becky. We're so happy to have you. And then from there, it's been great having you in our community. So tell us how it all began. You are a public school teacher. You are now, you now have your micro school Tell us how this really all began. Okay. So I, like I said, I've been teaching for 14, 15, 16 years, something like that. I have taught in Japan for two years. I taught in California for a good chunk of time. And then in Kansas, I taught two years in the public school. But this last year that I was in public school, I actually had the opportunity to have my daughter at my school. And it was the first time that I had my own children be school age, let alone have one of my children be at my school building with me. And I'll tell you what, I love teaching, loved it, love, love, love it still. But something about having your own child in school was so eye-opening to me that I had never, ever expected. Um, so having my daughter at my school this year was so wild this past year. And, um, it was interesting just navigating the climate of the world right now and the things that the kids are seeing at school and experiencing. And I just saw school from a totally different angle and God started putting it in my heart, putting, planting little seeds that, um, that something big, something new was coming. And my husband, who is a wonderful encourager of me, he had been saying for a couple of years, I think you should start like a pod school or something. I think you should look into that. And I'm like, no, no, that's not for me. I love to be at school. I love to be around other people and be social. Mm -hmm. And he kept saying, no, I think, I think something's coming for you. And I'm like, that's funny. Ha ha ha. 
Um, but this past year with my daughter and my school, I saw things differently and I started to think, okay, in five years, when she's out of elementary school, mm-hmm. um, I will step out and I will, maybe I'll homeschool them, my kids, maybe I'll put them in private school. Um, maybe I'll do something like that. And then part-time I'll be able to do X, Y, Z, but I really thought, you know, five, six years, um, there would be a change. And so I came to my husband and I said, Hey, um, in my, on my heart, God has put this five, six year plan in motion. And I knew as soon as the words came out of my mouth and I saw the look on my husband's face, I knew that five or six years was way not true. Like five or six years was way too long. This is going to be happening sooner than five or six years. And so that really started the ball, the ball rolling. And, um, and I had no idea that my life would be changed so dramatically, so quickly um, over the course of the rest of the school year. So I really thought five or six years from then I would be making a big change. But little did I know God had it planned for the end of that school year. So that's kind of how that stirring in my heart got going. Um, and I was able to um, pray a lot about it because it was a big change. And um, I'm glad that I did. I'm glad I took that leap. I'm glad that got the ball rolling and it just, um, there's no looking back at that point. Wow. That is so, I I didn't know that. I did not know that your husband had felt that in his spirit. And I appreciate you sharing that once you brought your own daughter to school, you're right. There is a different perspective. I can, I can relate to everything that you are saying. And sometimes it feels you know, maybe to other people like, woo, woo, you know, it, but it really is a, for real thing. You know, you get excited. You're like, oh my gosh, you know, my daughter gets to come to school with me. And then they're there and you're like, is this, is this the best place? And I love teaching and I love being a mom and I love being with, with her. Is this the right, the right climate? Is this the right experience that I want for her? And then for you to think five or six years, I remember that too. And I think we all do that. Like not right now, I'm not ready right now, but maybe in the future I could. And I think that that right there is a very important prompting that people need to pay attention to. And what do you think it was that your husband had felt a couple years prior to this? I think that he just felt like learning could be done differently. Teaching could be done differently. And um, I think that's what this whole movement is with having micro schools and being able to do that is that learning doesn't just take place in the four walls of a classroom at a place that we call a school mm-hmm. at a building that is local to the neighborhood. Um, and so I think that he just really felt that would be a great opportunity. I also on the side of like my regular teaching, I love to create resources and create for teachers pay teachers. And so my husband, I think he sees everything that I have done and all that I've created for teachers pay teachers and for my own classroom. And he felt like not only can school and learning be done differently, but that I have all of these talents and creativity and ideas and things to do it differently and to make it so significant and lasting and meaningful for the kids and the families that it would be an, a great asset and a great opportunity for me to do it. So I think all of those things combined um, is what he really felt like he saw in me and the opportunity to, to bring to um, our community and even our family. Yes. Now, Becky, so you started your teacher pay teacher store and what is your teachers pay teacher so that everybody can also look there for you? I'll put it in the show notes as well. 
So it is teaching with ninja nuity, um, which is fun because I came up with that as part of ingenuity is stuff that we do to make things simpler or um, we're creative to do. And ninja nuity is all that stuff behind the scenes that you don't see necessarily that make our lives easier. So teaching with ninja nuity. Yes, you are so good. Whenever I see your the items that you post through just watching your micro school and then seeing some of your items that you post with teachers pay teachers, you had already had this going for how many years prior to starting your micro school? I started my teachers pay teachers in like 2012. I like put something on for like 25 cents. I think it was. And so it's been, um, maybe, maybe nine or 10 years. I don't know. Maybe it was 2013. So yeah. And as it, as it's grown, I've been able to grow, um, different resources and stuff like that and things that are useful in my classroom. So it's been fun that they help other teachers too. Now, isn't that so neat that you have this teachers pay teacher store, you're creating your own resources, and now you get to use it in your micro school without administration or people coming in and saying, well, this doesn't go with this unit that we're on or whatever it is. You actually get to use your resources in your micro school. I think that is so cool. Becky, tell us a little bit how, how that's been using your own resources for your school. Yeah, that is, that has been so awesome. Like we are currently in a unit about simple machines that I'll be creating and posting on teachers pay teachers. So last week we learned about levers and we um, are looking for real world examples of all the different types of levers. And then we built catapults that um, contain a lever and we figured out, we tested out how um, different pieces of the catapult would project items farther or higher and all of these things. So it's been really cool to see based on what my kids need and need and what their interests are and be able to create create things that line up with that. And the standards are all in there somewhere, you know, they're packed in there. The kids are learning all the things, but I'm not just so boxed into a curriculum. I'm not so boxed into the standards completely, Mm -hmm. Um, but they're learning and they're growing and they're taking something that's real world and they're touching it with their hands and they're investigating it and they are trying it out and experimenting and um, they go home and I hear how they're catapulting sticks from their backyard and things like that. So being able to create for the kids what they need, what interests them, and not necessarily being held tight to the standards or what administration wants to see in this and that, but knowing that the kids are learning and growing and they're experimenting has been incredible. Yes. Yes. There was a quote I just saw um, on Instagram and it said that the difference between school and life school, you are taught a lesson and then given a test in life. You are given a test and through that you are taught a lesson. Mm. And I thought that was really incredible because it's that natural process of learning and growing that we figure out, we, we, um, get to something and it kind of tests us or it challenges us. And through that we learn and we push through and that's when we're growing. And I really felt like that embodies what I want at my, my micro school at my school mm-hmm. for rooted life Academy. And, um, that has been incredibly valuable. Just re refocusing. We are given a test in life and we learn a lesson through it. So that's kind of where I'm creating these resources to, um, present to my kids and challenge them and help them learn and grow in real life examples in real life ways. That's so neat because, It's not just for your micro school and students. Um, It's for your own children. It's for your students. But I also see this being able to really help homeschool families because you really are. You're homeschooling and you're running a school. And I'm excited for them, for our listeners to know more about Rooted Life Academy. 
and I love your colors, uh, your logo, your pictures are very professional. If you guys would like to see more of what Becky has in our Facebook group, you had just posted, we do a Friday photo drop in our Facebook group. It's teacher, let your light shine micro school community. And in that Facebook group on Fridays, we do a photo drop and you had posted your, your, um, simple machines unit, uh, the pictures of it. Now I would like to know, and I know that people will be very inspired with how you came up with the name rooted life Academy. Yeah. So coming up with the name was really hard and Mackenzie talks about brain dumps and I love brain dumps. Um, I had a list in my phone for like the longest time of all the ideas, um, of what I wanted to name, um, name rooted life Academy. And I would ask my husband and I asked my friends. Um, but essentially one day I just had to sit down and I had to write out what I wanted from rooted life Academy what I wanted to pour into rooted life, what I wanted the kids to get out of rooted life. And I poured out all the ideas, how I wanted them to grow in character, how I wanted them to look at life, how I hoped they would treat other people. And I wrote all those things down. And then what I did was I connected Bible verses with them and Bible verses that I felt like um, summarized how we are to live together with one another and how we are to grow in our relationship with God and our faith. And, um, I color coded everything after that, like (laughs) which one's lined up with what. And then, um, I, I really focused on growth. Like I really wanted my kids to grow in great ways, but not just grow, but be able to be in a firm foundation and rooted so that, wherever they grow, however they grow, their roots are strong in the foundation that, um, God is good and he is with us. And, um, in those foundational skills that we learn, we can take with us anywhere and that there will be seasons in life where we grow, where we need to be pruned, where we need to, um, go dormant for a little bit and all of those things. So, um, rooted life Academy came from that, which was really significant to me and being able to, um, connect it along with the verses and, um, what I wanted for the kids, what I wanted to pour into it and what I wanted the kids to be able to see life outside of school as I just felt like that was all super symbolic for me. Yes, it really was. I remember whenever you came up with it, I was like, oh, wow, that is so good. And then you gave your Bible verse with it. And so you did the prep work, you did the brain dump on how to get it all started and, and pinpoint the name, because even my husband, he has a, he has a painting business and he's changed it a couple times and he always gets stuck on the logo and the name because you know he didn't have the coaching or the mentorship or anyone else that was going to help him so he started this years ago and he has changed it a couple times and that's okay too because he didn't feel like he got it right the first time but that's where a lot of people can get hung up on their logo and their name so that work i know is very it's a lot of hard work and so you shared your vision with your micro school tell us who you serve Yeah. My own kids are four and six. And I knew I wanted to make sure to hit their age group specifically. So I also wanted to hone in on my expertise as a teacher, where I am right now and where I could offer the most value for families that were going to be enrolling. So I decided to start out with kindergarten through second grade, because not only does that, um, help my kids, my personal children, but also it focuses on my expertise and where I've been as a teacher. So my goal in starting K-6 was to be able to focus on those kids, but then grow as those kids grow. Essentially, my own children are going to be growing past second grade. So I will continue to grow with them and be able to offer 
instruction in higher grades as well. I would like to keep that kindergarten. Kindergarten is my absolute passion and joy. I'd love to keep kinder. Yeah. And then continue to grow, you know, um, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. But I knew for me, as I was already starting this business, I didn't want to cut like bite off too much that I couldn't chew like Mm -hmm. seventh grade, eighth grade, that kind of thing. Um, and so I wanted to really be able to focus in on those ages. I also felt like it was really important to me that I do um, full-time and part-time instruction for these kids. And with that, my full-time is Monday through Thursday. And so I have Fridays where I get time with my own children. We can do extra learning. We can do things together as a family. We can um, do so much with that Friday off, but my, my, um, full-time enrollment is Monday through Thursday. And then for my part-time enrollment, I offer families the choices for one, two, or three days between Monday through Thursday, and they get to choose. And I felt like being able to offer that flexibility to those families was a really big asset that they were already going to be looking for options and things outside of Monday through Friday. And so being able to give flexibility and voice and options to those families was huge. Yes. Now we've talked extensively about your hours and your timing. You went through the educational marketing series with us. And we were talking as you were marketing for your school, because whenever we started the educational marketing series in May, it was just five weeks and we were meeting, we had our Facebook group. And during, after I would do the, the teaching, we would be debriefing and you would say, I'm, I'm having a little bit of trouble because a lot of people want five days, but you were relentless that you wanted to have your Friday off. And I just, I, you know, I'm going to stop right now. I got to say, Becky, I am so proud of you because you really did build your school the way that you wanted to build it. And I got to say that that was a very hard um, task for me, Um, you know, people pleasing. And I had built my school in the midst of COVID and was always just so concerned with what do people want and what do people need? And are they going to like what I have to offer? And if I don't do full time, then I'm not going to have anybody, but you were so relentless. I love that you have Fridays off because there's so much power in what you can do with that day. I would like for you to share what that experience was when you were thinking about Monday through Thursday, part-time and full-time. Yeah. So one of the things during that educational marketing series that was huge was understanding my target market and being able to understand who I was marketing my school for, what different target markets were looking for in education or what they weren't looking for and being able to see, okay, there are different target markets of people with children going to school or needing schooling options and figuring out where their, their interests were in what school looked like for their kids. So all of the learning from educational marketing series about target markets was huge, the different markets and what they're looking for. And based on that, I found that, okay, not everybody is looking for schooling Monday through Friday. There are families that want to do things outside of school still during the week. Um, And so being able to find that, like there are different market for education was huge. So could you explain the demographics of where you live in Kansas? Is this a rural community and do your students, were they coming from public, public school, private school or homeschooling? So I live in a rural area. I live on four acres. I live two miles down a dirt road at the very end of the dirt road. There's actually a sign, um, on our dirt road that says road closed 500 feet. Like, so our, our driveway is at the end of the road. And, um, so that gives you a little bit of a picture of where we are. Um, and so the kids that I serve, they are kiddos 
one of them came from public school. Um, one of them has done like private schooling through um, their years. And so they didn't want to go to public school, but their options were limited at that age that their child is. Another family is a homeschool family. This is the last kid of five. And so um, the mom was wanting somebody else to be able to offer education to their child. Um, so I have a, a range. Another kid was coming um, from preschool into kindergarten. And so I feel like I have a bunch of different um, family backgrounds that I am able to serve. And another thing kind of um, connected with all of this, with the full-time and the part-time and the scheduling and everything. And I know Mackenzie, we talked about this, um, was that originally I wanted to do part-time just Monday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Thursday. And I wanted to offer options. You can either do Monday, Wednesday, or you can do Tuesday, Thursday. And I wanted to whittle it down for families. And Mackenzie, you suggested, and you told us from your example, Hey, I have a kid. He was coming part-time one day a week. Then the mom bumped it up to two days a week. Mm -hmm. Then the mom bumped it up to three days a week. And now he's coming full-time. And so that was really valuable that I did not specifically target my part-time days. I opened that up for families to be able to say, looking at their own schedule, what do they need? And mm. they liked that flexibility. I now have, I have one kid, the first, um, at the end of August, when the mom went to pay me for September, she said, Hey, can we add a day? And <gasps> I said, yeah, you can add a day. That's great. And then I had a kid, um, who in October, they were coming two days a week and the parents said, Hey, can we add a third day? And I said, yeah, no problem. Now that kid is coming full-time four days a week. So oh. being able to have that flexibility for the families that it gave them options, which was really great. Yes. And you know, I did not do that my first year. And I had a lot of people asking me my first year and, you know, I was doing this by myself, so I'm going to give myself grace, but I was doing this by myself. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have a community. I didn't even know I was called a micro school. I was afraid I wasn't even doing it legally. Okay. So there was just so many questions, but I got to say that so many people were asking me about flexible options and I turned away so many people. And that was something that I learned for my second year. And it made such a difference. And, uh, speaking about legalities, you were so funny at the beginning. You're like, I, I there's just, I, I'm just researching here. And I just feel like what I'm doing is, is not legal. I mean, I, I'm trying to figure out what am I, am I, should I be called this? I'm looking at hslda.com and I'm trying to figure out where I stand. So how you set your business up. Could you explain a little bit about that? I set up as an LLC and, um, I talked with HSLDA, um, on the phone and all of that. And I think it's interesting because this is so new mm -hmm. still that there's not a whole lot of answers in, in any direction. Th that's important because a lot of people want to know how do I actually do it? And it, and it takes some researching and I listen to people all the time. I work with people from various States even in other countries. And so it's really an option everywhere, but we do have to look at your laws. We do need to look at, um, if we call it private tutoring, if we call it a private school, a micro school, if there's educational savings accounts or funding that can be used in your state, you know, there's, there's various forms, but it's all in the wording. You know, people will say school choice vouchers, so many things that people are like, what are those? And what is a micro school? So this is up and coming. You made a very good point earlier about the movement and you're right. This is so new that everything in education is changing. And so the fact that we are becoming so innovative with providing alternative education is really to our advantage in many families. I also want to pinpoint how you live in a rural area and people drive to you because 
that is a common concern is first off, I don't live in a big city. They'll, they're thinking that I don't have a, you know, many options for, or parents may not be looking for me. And two, there might be somebody who lives in a rural area and they live far away and they think parents won't drive to me. So what was, what's been your experience with that? The families absolutely love the location and they are not bothered by driving out here, which has been really great because I was worried about that. At the beginning of the summer, when I was doing tours, they closed the road down that I live on. And so you had to, to get here, you had to go all the way around, which was far longer than two miles down a dirt road. And so I was really worried that that was going to be a big turnoff to families. But what I'm finding is that families absolutely love going here because it's out of the city. We have room to run around. We have room to play. And actually one of our first units that we did, we learned about birds um, and we incubated eggs so that we could hatch chicks. So our first unit was about birds and incubating these eggs and hatching these chicks. We were able to hatch out eight chicks, which I have eight students. And so I let each student name a chick and we were, we are keeping those chickens. So we have chickens now, um, which we did not have before. And one of the moms actually, um, she's a chiropractor. And she told me, she's like, I tell everybody about this school. I tell them about the chickens. They just think it's so great that there's chickens. It um, It is so awesome because the kids love to go out and check on their chickens. I mean, we have R2D2, we have rooster, we have Goldie, we have snake and Congo. We have eight chickens with these crazy names, but the kids love them and they get to take care of them and learn about the animals and how to take care of them and listen to their sounds and their body language and all of this. And so it's been really cool because even though I'm way out here, parents love it. Mm. Parents enjoy that their children are getting this experience at a young age that they wouldn't get at a regular public school or in the city or anything like that. It's super mm. unique. It, it really is unique. And I I think it is really beautiful that you have different animals as class pets. You know, it's not just a hamster, which I talked to another teacher. She's like, it's not just a hamster. Um, There's dogs and there's cats and there's all different types of animals, which are so great for children. And so thank you for sharing that about your location, Becky. That is a dream of mine. I want to be able to have the acreage. It's very hard here in the state of Florida, but we're working on it. Um, Just being able to build a school in our backyard. Is that something that you're looking forward to as well? Since you've got four acres, you do this in your basement right now. So would you mind sharing your vision of, you know, what about growing rooted life Academy? What will this look like? Absolutely. So right now we are in our basement and it's great because it was space that we weren't using before all of our living spaces upstairs, which I actually really love that our families aren't coming to my front door. They're not walking through my kitchen or through my Mm -hmm. living room to get to our learning space. We actually have outdoor access from our basement and a bathroom and a big utility sink, which has been phenomenal for all of our art projects like that. Um, So we have this great space in our basement and then that opens up um, outside of our slider to this patio area and then our backyard and everything like that. And I think it's really great. Um, I have eight students right now and I think comfortably I could have 12, maybe 14, depending on how active the kids were. Um, And I think that that's a really good number. And for me personally, I love the idea of growing into a bigger space or growing into like renting out a more commercial space or something like that. But for me, I absolutely love being at my home. I love 
that I am here at my house and we have everything we need. Um, and I'm, I'm not racing to get somewhere at a certain time in the morning, but I can relax. My, my own children can relax before school. They're not rushing to grab all the things and get out the door. And so for me, we're going to stay here. Um, my vision is to, to grow with a few more students. Like I said, maybe up to 14, depending on, um, how active they were, their ages and stuff like that. I would love to bring on some, um, kind of outside resources, like an assistant for a a second teacher, you know, part-time, even having music lessons come to our space, um, during the week and, and different opportunities to involve members of the community who have great talents and great Mm -hmm. abilities to come in and share those with the kids. I think that would be wonderful. So as far as growth goes and things like that, that's what I'm looking at a few more students over the next few years, solid kiddos and, um, an assistant teacher, and then some like extracurricular activities we can add in. I think that'd be fantastic. And it's so doable. And I think that that is a very realistic goal. And I think it feels right. I mean, really it, it, to to me, I'm not being mushy gushy. I'm, I'm being so sincere. It really brings tears to my eyes because I feel you on that. So many people have said, you know, that you're, you need to go get a building. You know, that it's, you know, that you're going to be getting a building down the road or, you know, and I'm like, that's not what I wanted. And it's, it's this intimate feeling. It's what I have always envisioned and everybody can do it differently. This isn't about starting a school and growing it to 800 students. If you want to do that, you can do that. This is where it starts. I've seen people that have started private schools and big schools, and they started in their basement. You know, there's a place up in Panama city, Florida that I've watched, um, that my family lives there. So I've been able to see a situation like that occur. However, this is, this is the beautiful opportunity of having your own business is that you can really make it the way that you want to make it. And if it feels good to you to stay in your location and to build on the land that God has given you, what a blessing. It is such a blessing, Becky. And for you to be content with that, who knows what could end up happening to your property. I mean, God is of course going to take care of of all of our needs, but he will use your land and that property for his glory. So you never know if you could turn your barn into something too, or whatever it may be. But right now you're saying, this is how I envision it. And Becky, I could see even some partnerships with, like you said, community members of your school. If you do grow with your children, you know, you might say, Hey, listen, there might could there could be some hybrid opportunities down the road from us. Are there other micro schools in your area that you guys could, in a sense, piggyback off of each other or share students eventually? I think so. I think that there are some great um, connections already within the the area of teachers and people that we could partner together. And I think it would be fantastic to see how we can brainstorm what ways we can um, work together and grow together and be able to serve the kids where they're at and what they need. I think that's huge. Absolutely. And how have you really found was most advantageous when it came to marketing for your school. We talked about target market research. 
you started this and your very first student came in the summertime, right? And did you do summer camps? What was your form of marketing that was best? I was able to make a Facebook page and I just started posting on the Facebook page. And then I went into Facebook groups around my area that focus on homeschooling in different ways, um, different maybe philosophies on homeschooling and, and different things like that. And I figured out um, which groups I was able to post in. And I shared posts from Rooted Life Academy. Um, and through that, I was able to market even to the local groups um, for the cities that I'm in too. And that's been the biggest way for me to market. I actually, I had intended to go bring brochures to local places like the libraries and coffee shops and like, and stuff like that. And I actually got them printed up and I never ended up going. We were out of town over the summer and then things just kind of, um, quickly move forward. And I never ended up being able to actually deliver any of um, my physical advertising marketing pieces to any local places. Um, but I was able to get my students through Facebook and, um, one was word of mouth. And then one, um, from being my, uh, my son's best buddy from school. So mm. that's been really cool. I think Facebook now, especially being able to post, um, things from our activities and what we're learning. Facebook has been another great, I mean, it continues to be a great avenue for marketing for me. I get messages, a couple messages each week saying, Hey, what does next year look like for you? I, I have a child that's this age or that age, or, Hey, I've been following, following you along on Facebook. And I think it's so great what you're doing. So I'm um, being able to post the actual real life photos, what we're doing right now has been fantastic on Facebook. Yes, you're so right. And I'm glad that you shared that because, um, you know, we did talk in our education marketing series about word of mouth. We talked about launches. We talked about social media. We talked about, we talked about a gamut of, of ways that we can reach out to people. The fact that you used Facebook is really great. And I've seen multiple strategies that you've used for Facebook, because there is a misconception that if we post on Facebook, if we've got five, 600 followers or 10 followers, that all those people see our posts and it's not true. We talked about the algorithm and how we influence the algorithm. Do you do anything on Instagram with your school? I do on Instagram. I do post like whatever post I'm posting on Facebook. I post it also over on Instagram as well. Um, it doesn't do too, too well on Instagram. Um, just because I feel like on Facebook, I've been able to share my posts in local groups. I've been able to reach audiences that are local to me in on Instagram. There's not really a really good way to do that necessarily. Mm -hmm at least not that I've experienced. Um, and so my focus is mostly over on Facebook and then I just post those over to Instagram, um, connected. Yeah. And you, you have some experience because with your teacher paid teacher store, you have your social media account as well. So do you feel like when you learned about social media in the educational marketing series, did that also help you in your teachers pay teacher store? You know, is it like an ecosystem, so to speak? I think that there were so many great things I learned from the educational marketing series that also benefited the other assets that I'm like currently working on, um, especially being able to, to focus on my niche and focus on what I have that I'm able to offer other people and what makes like, let's say the price that I am charging that price, what makes that valuable to other people? Mm -hmm. How does that speak to other people and what makes that price worthy of them paying it? And I think that's been huge because with social media, that's what we're advertising. We're trying to advertise our value to other people. And we're trying to um, show them what we have to offer that is 
worth their time and money. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to focus on our niche and focus what their needs are, what their interests are, what their um, pain points are and how we can serve those um, yes. has been huge. And I've been able to take that over to my teachers, pay teachers, um, Instagram as well, and be able to focus on um, what makes me valuable and why, why I am charging what I charge or why I'm offering it this way or that way, or what my values are, even when it comes to having school Monday through Thursday. So a lot of the educational marketing things that I learned um, have, I have been able to use in other ways even just understanding my target market, like who are the customers I'm reaching on teachers pay teachers or with my, my rooted life Academy and being able to then speak to those people. So being able to learn that social media stuff through, um, the education marketing series has been great. Even how to use, um, the Facebook side of having a business page. I learned a lot about that in the educational marketing series and how um, Facebook has created, is it meta? And that's the business page that you work through and how it's a little different than Facebook itself, but Mm -hmm. you can do so much and you can also connect it with your Instagram and make it um, super valuable to work both sides of that, that social media platform. Yes, because it's a time saver and there's so many valuable tools that help you with the planning process. And come on, we're teachers and we like to plan and we want to make sure that we are saving as much time as possible. I wanted to go back to whenever you said your, your price and your value, that's one of the very first things that, that I help teachers, like before you can even market, you need to know your numbers. And we went through a lot of clarity work on finding our number. And then people are like, I'm afraid that that is too expensive. And then we get bogged down with, are people really going to pay me this amount for teaching their child out of my home? Or if there's only five kids at my school, would you talk a little bit about going through your numbers, like how that either gave you clarity or confidence, because we had to do a lot of heart and head work when it came to, no, this is your number and we're sticking with it. And this is your value. Can you kind of share that experience a little bit? Yeah, that was huge. Knowing my number was really huge. It was really scary too, because I wanted to to have a number at the end of it all. And I wanted to figure out what the cost would look like for this many families. And then seeing that price, I'm like, man, is anybody going to pay that? So it was really like, there's a lot involved, a lot of emotional, um, like decisions to make too. And knowing the numbers and how it all worked out in the end was great, valuable information. So once you know that you can make decisions based on that. And then I was able to backtrack and say, okay, this is how much I would need for, um, for tuition to make this worth it. Like Mm -hmm. this is how much money I need to make in a month or at the end of the year. And that kind of thing to, to, um, meet the needs of my family and our, what, you know, our mortgage and this and that. And so being able to know those numbers, um, was really, really helpful in creating the price because I think we can sit there and say, oh, well, that's too expensive or, or should I go a little more or, you know, and we can really kind of teeter totter on which way to go, but knowing my numbers, 100%, I was able to say, no, this is what it is going to cost. Not only do I, this is what I need to make, but also I am worth this much. That's right. Uh, It's hard to say that is not, I'm not that kind of person, but being able to know the numbers and work them inside and out, I found, 
okay, I am, this is, this is what it would look like if I was still teaching in a public school. This is how much I would make. This is how many kids I would need to have to match what I was making at the public school with insurance and with all these other things, um, financial pieces combined and know that that number was, was kind of like set in stone in a way, but that also, and, um, I think this was really important to know is that my price, maybe it was more pricier, um, but that, and that not all families are going to afford that. And to know, I'm not trying to reach all families, right? There are a bunch of families I'm not going to be able to reach. Mm -hmm. And that is okay. I'm, I don't want 35 kids. I want to be able to focus on 10 to 12 to 14 kids and do it well. And what is that going to cost? What is that worth to the family? And what is that worth on my end? And how can I combine those together to make it work? And then along that, once I found out my, um, my full-time price, I took that and I said, how can I make this, um, subs- how can I make this work out for the part-time prices? Because when I'm offering one day, two days or three days a week, what does that look like? Is, is two days a week, just cut in half the full-time price. And you know what? It wasn't for me. All right. I make it advantageous that with each day that they're adding on, um, that they're kind of getting a little bit of a bonus in a way they're right. saving, you know, it's, it wasn't just my, my, um, halftime price or my two day a week price isn't just half of my full-time price. I made it a little bit more expensive because on my end, that's going to be a little bit more work on my end is planning what's important that they're going to be here for and what are they going to miss? And how am I going to, how am I going to fill in those gaps? You did so good, Becky. (laughs) You were so good on that homework assignment. That was the very first module that we went through. And I'm like, all right, I know we're all here to learn how to market, but we will not be able to market with a clear message unless we know our numbers. And my husband taught me that, and he would make me go over them and over them. And we are not big numbers people. Okay. So this was very hard for me. And now a calculator is my friend because I'm like, okay, how does this work? And how am I going to make this? And what should I charge this person? And yeah. And it just really helps you when you start off because numbers don't lie. They really give you a lot of clarity and then they give you confidence and you know, your goal, you know, what you're measuring and where you need to work. And you were so good because you said, here's my spreadsheet. Like right after that homework, you had homework, homework after that module. And you're like, okay, so I made this spreadsheet and I, this, these numbers aren't matching up for me. What do you guys suggest? So we went over that and everybody's numbers were different and that was okay. And then you have always been one to ask very good questions, especially in our Facebook group. You're like, where, where do you get your retirement? Where do you get your life insurance? Where do you get your health insurance? So that is a common fear that teachers have with, with, um, leaving the system. So do you want to share how you have been able to either combat the fear or just compensate for what you lost or gained for retirement and insurance? What's that process been like for you? So the first thing I think you really hit on just now is like the fear. How do you get through that fear and the, and the doubt and the everything in between and the people not understanding you and wait, what are you doing? And, um, for me, that's been my faith in God and being able to pray and, um, talk together with my husband, which has been huge and being able mm-hmm. to really, um, put, put my, 
um, faith into action and, and uh, see God move. And so that's been really big. And then the second part of that is like, how do you balance all the things that you don't have anymore from public school? And I, it's a lot of things that you're not necessarily thinking from the very beginning. You're not necessarily thinking, what about public, what about um, health insurance or retirement or life insurance? You're not necessarily thinking that you're like, where am I going to put these kids? How many kids? Right. And so um, asking questions and being a part of the Facebook group has been absolutely phenomenally like, oh my gosh, the best thing because people have answers or mm-hmm. they have also been along that path, trying to figure out those questions and being able to connect in a community who is in a similar scenario. They're all thinking about this new movement of education and how it all works and, and what parts are part of it and what parts aren't part of it anymore. Maybe the parts that are still public school. Um, that's been huge being able to connect with those people and and build community, ask questions, build relationships, because what I have found is I'm not the only one asking those questions or thinking those things. And other people benefit from when you ask a question and, um, people have really great experiences that can be used to help others. And I think that's so huge to be able to gain from other people's experiences. Like Mackenzie, I would not be where I am had I not found you and your group and the Facebook um, community that you've built and the podcast and the resources and the business bundle. Like there's no way I would be right now successfully having left public school at the end of this um, 22 school year and starting my micro school just a few months later. Well, praise God. I don't even, I I mean, seriously, whenever you say that and, and other people say that, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I thank you father for giving me an obedient heart to do what you asked me to do when I felt scared to step out, even just to make the podcast or to make the Facebook group. Like, does anybody else in the world want to do this? Because I'm having fun with it and I'm having success with it. Does anybody else want to? And I'm, and I feel alone because there was no resource out there for people. I'm like, I cannot believe God gave me that idea. And I am just so grateful. He deserves all of the glory for that. And, you know, it is, I, I want to know how actually did you find teacher let your light shine? Like, what were you Googling? Like, what made you say, I am going to like, how did this ever come to Becky's mind? Yeah. So when, um, I, when I was actually getting started with, okay, this could happen after the conversation with my husband that five or six years from now, this would be a thing that mm-hmm. was actually December. And then it wasn't until February or March that I was like, wait a second, this could happen. Um, that I was on Facebook and there's a Facebook group for everything like literally everything. And I was like Facebook searching all the words like pod schools, group schools, homeschool groups. Um, and like through all of that searching the word micro school had come up and I'd never even heard of a micro school. Um, and so within that I searched micro schools on Facebook and your Facebook group came up and there was 75 members when I joined, which it's grown so much now. Um, but 75 people, and that just blows my mind that that was not even a year ago that I joined that group and look at where I am now, look at the things that I know and the things that, um, I've been able to enjoy and create because of it. So, I mean, my life is forever changed. Oh, that is so never go cool. I know. And you've said that to me a couple of times, like through our instant messages that we'll send um, to one another. And you're like, my life has changed. And I, and I know how that feels and how appreciative you are of this experience of being able to be with your children. And, you know, just thank you for sharing about the Facebook group and 75 members, because people may say that's not a lot of people. I'm in a Facebook group with thousands of people, but here's the deal. I don't serve everybody. 
You know, I, I don't serve. Um, my, my mother-in-law said this best. She said, does McDonald's or does she said, does Chick-fil-A serve cheeseburgers? And, you know, and I'm like, cause I, again, we think we need, I think it's a heart of a teacher. We need to serve everybody and everybody's needs are there. But when it comes to having a business or having a school, you, you know, Chick-fil-A does not serve cheeseburgers. They serve chicken sandwiches and that has worked for them. And so don't compare, you know, somebody might say, well, I only have five kids and they've got 18 kids or they've got 35 kids. It doesn't matter, you know, because of where you want to go and the small group of people we are niching down. And I remember saying, but I want to help everybody. I want to help the homeschool moms and the parents. And I want to help maybe I'll do things for the homeschool families. And the best advice that I ever had was from some, was from a coach that I knew if I am going to grow myself, I'm going to need a coach. And this coach helped me learn how to niche down and that smaller in the long run really is bigger. And so the Facebook group now has 275 members and that's just over the course of, you know, the months that we've had together. But I think that a test especially to you and your story with starting small and feeling good about where you are in the amount of students that you serve. So could you share with what your husband thinks about having his wife at home and the kids at home and other kids? What, what does he think about it? He thinks it's absolutely amazing. Um, <laughs> he thinks that I am totally in my element and that I'm getting to do all the things that I love all together. And I get to do it with my kids, which is really great. I get to come home and tell him, Hey, I mean, come home. I come upstairs. Right. Exactly. And, you know, we'll be at dinner and I'll be like, Hey, listen to what your daughter did at school today. Isn't that awesome? Or Hey, check out what your son did. Aren't, aren't you so proud of him? Like I get to be along with the, my children cheerleading them on. And I get to share that with my husband and, um, he sees it. He sees how happy our kids are and what they're learning and growing. And some days he'll look at me and he'll be like, did you know that he could do that? Did, did you know that she knew that? I mean, my son is four years old and he is reading words and being able to stretch them out and um, recognizing high frequency words and like the math skills that he have, he has are incredible. My daughter, her reasoning skills have grown so much and it's just been really cool to be a part of all of that. And then also to see, um, my husband see that as well. Oh, it's so good, Becky. It is so good. And you have, such a bright future ahead of you. I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today. What would you say to someone who wants to start their micro school or just um, doesn't even know, should I even do it? What would you say? I would tell them to get in the Facebook group and start asking questions, looking around, making connections, building community, building relationships with people. Because, um, even in the educational marketing series, I met people that I've been able to text them on a regular basis. Hey, how's your day? Hey, how's it going with that activity? Hey, what did you think of this unit that you bought from, um, this one, one place, like being able to know people know where they're at, make connections, build community. That Facebook group has been incredible for that. Um, and then also seek out people who know things, people who know and have been there. I think like you've mentioned when you were doing it, nobody had been in this spot and you needed somebody to come alongside of you. Mm -hmm. And that is so true. We don't have a teacher's lounge that we can go and say, Hey, I did this lesson. It flopped. What would you do differently? We don't have that in this capacity that we're micro schooling in. And so that group has really become a virtual teacher's lounge. It and, has. um, 
being able to, to connect with people has been absolutely incredible. Buying that business bundle um, back at the beginning was huge because all of those things were so valuable. There were things I needed um, that I couldn't necessarily do on my own and didn't have time for as I was full-time teaching and momming and wifing. And so being Mm -hmm. able to, to, um, find things that were already created or things that were already available to me that would benefit me greatly, even though, um, I wasn't quite sure where to go and what to do. They were such great pieces of, of information and resources that have helped me create what I do now and where I'm at now. Hey, and I am so appreciative of those words because you are a content creator, girl, you are a teacher's pay teacher's trailblazer. And so for you to say that to me, I am just so appreciative. Now, before we get off here, how can our audience connect with you? Tell us about your teacher's pay teachers and rooted life. Yeah. So you can find me in the Facebook group, but, um, just look for mm-hmm. Becky. I'm sure you'll see all my questions, uh, <laughs> all the things I like to go on and comment and say, and cheer people on too. You do so, a great um, job. You'll see me there. Um, on Facebook, you can search rooted life Academy and you'll find me there. Same on Instagram as rooted life Academy. And then my teachers pay teachers is teaching with ninjanuity and also the same for Instagram teaching with ninjanuity. So you can find me there and connect. I'd love to hear from whoever, um, is out there listening and, um, see how I can be a part of their journey. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Becky. And we will be seeing you in the virtual teacher's lounge, start your micro school or your homeschooling business, the teacher, let your light shine micro school community. Thank you so much, Becky. Thank you, Mackenzie. Hey, Hey, teacher friend. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. I pray it inspired you, touched you or challenged you in some way because we are making big shifts and using our teaching gifts for God's glory like never before. I'm so grateful for you. The number one way you can support this show is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts and also share this with another teacher. Come join me in the Virtual Teachers Lounge, known as the Teacher Let Your Light Shine Facebook group. Until next time, keep shining your teacher light. The world needs you.